several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy and are shuttled to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow And it is time for your weekly grape encounter. And uh, I was absent at an event last week. I took a lot of guff. I was going to say something else, but I took a lot of guff from people who said I should have been there. But I frankly, I, I didn't really want to go. And it's a really big wine event. It goes on every year. People come from all over the world to go to this event. And I just kind of skipped it. And I feel bad about it. But it's because I'm just not a Pinot lover. And the event is the world of Pinot and... I make no apologies for not loving Pinot. Now, I, I drink Pinot, and there's some fun Pinots out there, and I kind of, you know, prefer European Pinots to the ones that we make here, but it's just a matter of taste, and there's so much other wine to drink. Well, anyway, I could go on, and I probably will for a long time on this subject, but I want to bring on with me Christopher Sawyer. He is the sommelier of the stars. Christopher, you were there. I was there, and, and you should have been there, and I, I gave you some of that gut. You know, like I, I need to stick it in your face because you weren't there to taste those fabulous wines with me. And forget your instinct to say that the Burgundy producers of Pinot Noir are so great. Because guess what? They were there too and you missed out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, rub it in my face. No, you know, but, I will. but let's let's let's, to. let's spend some time on this subject because it's an important subject and not necessarily just about Pinot, but about wine in general. You know as well as I do that people will they'll drink a certain wine and they don't like it it could be cabernet it could be chardonnay sure. it could be anything and if they don't explore more deeply the wine world they just assume they don't like wine and you know it's it's sad because there's millions literally of different wines out there millions of them and yep. so i've had more of those millions of wines than i would say most people have but for the person you know who's just getting into wine or has had a bad experience with wine and and that does happen. You know, their grandfather made wine in the cellar and it was rot gut. So they just assumed that all red wine was terrible, right? But it's okay to not like certain wines. And that's my point. Everyone has their, their rights to their opinions on things, but... It's my job as a sommelier and an educator to make sure that people know that these are the possibilities of their lives. They just haven't drank the right one if there are in many cases. That's the problem is that there are those out-of-body experiences that you have. And I mean, you're talking about Pinot Noir in America, probably one of the greatest examples of people that have had this one bottle that changed their life. It's like Richard Sanford from Sanford and Benedict in the old days. And when he had 
had his first bottle of Burgundy on a ship when he was in the army, and he never forgot it. And this is what it led to in making uh, an amazing brand that was named after him and all these things that came about. You know, he never thought he'd like that kind of wine, but this is where he went because that wine was so important. So it's getting people the opportunities to try these wines that blow them away. It's a starting point for, you know, the, the things that they can do in their future. I mean, hey, the world of Pinot Noir is one of those great destination uh, events. And this year we did it at the Ritz-Carlton at Bacara. Isn't that a great property? That is hey, so- you know what? When Ritz-Carlton took it over, it became even better. Oh, did it really? You know, I, I, yeah, yeah, they took it over. And um, I'll tell you this. I was there in 2000 when it first opened. It was me, Andy Diaz-Blue, who now is the editor of the Tasting Panel and some journal. Right. Rod Smith, who wrote for the LA Times and a few other people and I'll never forget that I said this is a great destination that will either be a complete success or it's going to be a bunch of older people that retire here and play Yahtzee I couldn't figure out which one and (laughs) guess what Ritz-Carlton took it over it's a rock star place now the first time I went there was literally just weeks after it opened and it was just in mint pristine condition and then I think a couple years later I went back and there were weeds growing up through the sidewalk and stuff like that it wasn't well cared for so I don't know what really happened and doesn't matter because I can't afford to stay there anyway. The place is expensive. I bet it's more expensive now that the Ritz-Carlton took it over. But did, did, did we tell people <laughs> yeah, that it's in Santa Barbara? Everything's expensive in Santa yeah, Barbara. Yeah, it, it is in Santa Barbara. It's in northern part of Santa Barbara, barely there from the north. So you're, you're, you're actually above. You're not that far from Santa Barbara County and all the, the great destinations that are. It took me a half an hour to get to Buellton from there. So it's not that far from really the grapes are growing. Before we get deeper into the topic that we're starting to just jump into, I, I want to get your credentials out there, Christopher, because people have heard you on yeah. the show a number of times. Sure. But for the people who have not heard you before, I don't think you call yourself the sommelier of the stars because everybody else dubbed you that because yeah. you represent, and I say represent, but you help with wine purchases and stocking wine cellars and sure. all kinds of things like that, putting on dinners for big name people like the Getty family, right? Yeah, I worked for the Gettys for a long time, and also the Lassiters uh, from Pixar. I've seen a lot of Academy Awards go by me that are great things for animation, and all the things that they do at Disney now. The Gettys, you know, the great music lovers and art lovers. The reason that I got called the Somalia to the Stars is because all the people that come to these events are superstar people. They might be sports figures or actors or actresses or art collectors or the people that did this art or, you know, the musicians that are, are magnificent opera singers or things like that, but they don't know as much about wine as I do. And that's my job is to help them have an amazing experience with wine. Just wow us for one second. Throw out a couple of names of people who have been at the events that you were consulting at or, you know, who walked into the room and you went, oh my gosh. Well, Stephen Jobs was probably one of the great ones, you know, it was just uh, John Lasseter, Nancy Lasseter, um, Stephen Jobs and a few other people and having a one-on-one with Stephen Jobs was a was an amazing experience. Oh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola and having all this close interaction with him as I have through the years after that, you know, we be, we have become friends but that was big. But wait, wait a second, you, you and Francis Ford Coppola are buddies? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we know each other. And you, and you just, um, you just hanged, has he ever made you? I just you... had his new gin, which is killer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Has he ever made you a plate of spaghetti? He has not personally, but I've had plates of spaghetti with him. And my head is still on my on the top of my shoulders, so I'm okay about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a picture of me whispering into his ear in this big room that it seems like I'm telling him something from the Godfather, like he was just taken out. No worries now. You know, like, but it, but it do you remember what you said to him? Something like, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you or something like or, that. Or, <laughs> or your, no. your, your fly is open. Just thought I'd let no, you know. No, no. He, 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 ha- he hosted an amazing dinner that we did for the San Francisco Chronicle wine competition. And it was one of the most amazing all times for competitions because he had all these actors and actresses that were the servers. And so there was like the woman smoking this, this cigarette on the side that looks pregnant and with like a lot of jewelry and stuff on. But she's smoking a cigarette and then she comes over and then all of a sudden she's helping into some, you know, some amazing bread. And, and things and then she's calling out this guy very loud with the, the pasta that's coming over to your table so they were actors <laughs> we didn't even know it and he was well done so I think I was oh. probably whispering in his ear how well he did this and it still is the best wine competition dinner I've ever been to and that's saying a lot because I've been you know last year alone I judged 17 competitions you know and some of which are, are outside of America and and this year I'll be in Beijing doing that one. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I I, uh, I go to a lot of good ones. That was the best one ever. So I was probably just telling him how great he is uh, for being one of the, the best hosts. Those with the most. Well, he's you know, he's really he's really it. super passionate about wine. Passionate about history and food and, and wine, and all kinds of stuff. And he he gets it. I mean, he's an amazing guy. I was just at Inglenook recently, and I mean, those wines in Napa Valley are great too. But it, he's not really the Pinot maker um, that we we really think about. But he is a a great emblem of Sonoma County when you come to you know his his production up in oh, yeah. Alexander Valley and and all the things he's doing there. He's an amazing man. Yeah, we love him for all the great movies he's made. But even when you think about the movies like Tucker and and Apocalypse Now and Godfather and all these kinds of things that he did, the man is a genius as far as um, caring about details. Let's take a a quick break and we'll come back. We'll get back into Pino. We got lots to talk about. There's a lot of things on my mind. Uh, We have Christopher Sawyer on the sommelier to the stars. He may be the sommelier of the stars. Or he's just a star sommelier. But we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Remember, as much as you may love wine, it is not the answer to your problems. Unless the problem is you're out of wine. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue right after these important messages. You don't have a problem with that, do you? Hi, it's David Wilson. And if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. 
and you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. I want to tell you about one of my absolute favorite treats in the world. I take a piece of triple cream brie cheese, put a few very special 100% organic heirloom walnuts on top, and then drizzle a little honey on it to make this a purely irresistible morsel of deliciousness. Then I pour myself a small serving of decadent port-style wine to create the perfect complement. That's just one example of how I pamper myself with products from MM Organics in Paso Robles, California. Now, you're on your own with the honey and brie, but the walnuts and port-style dessert wine can be ordered online at mmorganics.com. They've also got lots of other delicious walnut products available, including their peerless sprouted walnuts and lots of decadent flavors, organic gluten-free walnut flour, raw organic walnut butter, estate organic walnut oil, and fair trade dark chocolate covered walnuts. MM Organics products are among the best in the world. Get your ship right away at mmorganics.com. Connecting winemakers, wine lovers, wine adventures, and all things wine from around the globe. You are listening to Grape Encounters Radio with David Wilson, broadcasting from our wine cellar studio in idyllic Atascadero, centrally located in the Central Coast wine country of San Luis Obispo County, California. I have to say it's one of my absolute favorite days when I get to just talk and shoot the breeze with Christopher Sawyer, the sommelier of the stars. What is it? Of the stars or to the stars? I was wrangling with that in the last second. To, to the stars. I mean, if, if it was of the stars, then I would be up in the clouds looking down, but I'm with them. You're with so them. It's, so, yeah. so to the stars. So here's an interesting question, and I was actually, you know William Carter from the Playboy Mansion, right? The, sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Great chef, wonderful friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. We were talking the other day about celebrities and their knowledge of wine, and, you know, one would assume a celebrity who has access to great wines and, you know, the finer things in life would be really up on the wine, but William kind of said, well, I think actually the average consumer probably knows more than the celebrities. And I, and I wonder about that because, you know, you're picking out wines for them and they don't have to think about it, right? They don't really have to learn about it. What do you think about that? I think it's changing a lot. One of the, one of the members of, well, a rock group, I can't say which one. But, what do you mean? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't say which one? <laughs> could Green you, Day. Could you, could you, it was Green Day. Okay, um, all right. But he's, he's a great friend of mine uh, and uh, he's actually got a partnership with the uh, Naff Valley Wine Train. And to be really honest, I mean, the guy knows a lot about wine. I mean, he, he was telling me, Chris, I go into different um, metropolitan areas and I know the places, the people that own the wine shops. And I say, I want some Rhone. I want a big Rhone blend. You know, I want 
Mr. Raw. I want this. I want that. And the guy has great taste in wood. He is a very, he is the new league of knowing things like that. Because, you know what? He's sick of drinking beer and cocktails only go so far. When he sits down and has very deep conversations, they're about getting new orders. They're about actually following a wine as it opens up and having great dialogue. And I think that this is something that people are understanding more and more that a great wine can do that to you. They're not just what you buy in that first sip is what that wine is. They aren't that way at all. They're actually wines that why I became well known for my pairings of movies and wine is because great movies is all about character development. And you and I have talked about this before. As the movie opens up, so does the wine that you open up when the movie does. So your dialogue and how you talk to people and everything about that, if it's a great wine, the wine will continue to change in in the glass and it makes it so much more of an enriching experience. So it's for my job to find these kinds of wines for people that can really have that kind of an experience. Okay, so that is actually how we met. Is because uh, I was doing that. You know, you don't you, you did not have the market cornered on pairing wines and movies because I was doing it on the radio uh, literally yep. since we started the show almost ten years ago. If you can believe that, uh, I was introduced to you, and I think it was through the Wine Institute actually, or someone uh, related to that. Yeah. And we started doing that pairing, and that was a lot of fun. But this opens up a whole other topic, so let's postpone for a few minutes our discussion of Pinot because I've sloughed it off. I wanted to make mention of a book is uh, being promoted right now, and it is um, there, there's an article actually in the in the Atlantic that just that just came out about this book by James. Conaway. Are you familiar with it? No, I, I okay. don't think so. Well, here's the headline to the uh, to the story. It says, rich people are ruining wine and Napa Valley is forever changing as a result. Basically, what they're talking about is how many celebrities, it's usually celebrities, but also rich people come in and they decide, you know, I want, I want to make a wine or I want to have a bottle of wine with my name on it, you know, yeah. because it's kind of the ultimate honor, I think you know, to have your name on a bottle of wine. The problem is, is that when this happens, they are more concerned about the celebrity part and perhaps less concerned about the quality of the wine. And they take these great wineries and they kind of run down the quality and and people buy it. I would say that's a very debatable subject. I'll say one thing on behalf of some of the people that are celebrities that do this. A lot of those wines are donated to charities. There are positive, positive things about that. They don't hire it you know, inferior winemakers. I mean, they're they're great winemakers. It, it depends on who feels that that is a, not that great of a wine. I think the passion for wine, I think the spirit of what they're trying to do is good. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, hey, it's up to, if they start sending their, their wines into people like you and I to review blind, you know, in these competitions that we judge or a wine spectator or something and they get dissed on, and that's just one thing. But I think overall, it's a passion for wine that they found something very special. There's a whole article, I think it came out in ESPN recently about all the people like LeBron and everyone that's like getting so into wine. You know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Wine is a very relaxing thing, you know, when you get to sit down. Like I said, it's about talking with others. You know, you don't sit there by yourself, like sipping it and, and have a great time with that wine. You have to be with others. It's an exchange of dialogue. It's an exchange of, of thoughts. You know, these are these are great opportunities and I think that that's why a lot of these people especially the 
celebrities that get into it are really doing it for charitable reasons. It's not just for their own egos. There's a little bit of debate there that I would I would be able to leverage right there right off the bat. So I need to read that book a little bit more in detail because it's like there's a difference between people like you and I and then super wine critics. Super wine critics are the ones that like to say things that are bad about it. To be really honest, I don't write bad reviews because I just don't write about them. They're not negative reviews that I write. I only write about positive. It's a really interesting point that you're making there, by the way, about yeah. uh, negative reviews. I think the wine industry may be the only industry where journalists and people who write about wine and review wine, they just don't publish bad reviews. Uh, I, I seldom ever see anybody write, oh, that wine was but, a... But are there bad wines out there that well, of course. you and I have tasted? Of course. Yeah. But the fact is that they're not worthy of reviewing. And, you know, people have called me up, you know, being the editor that I was back in the 90s with Wine X and, and the other magazines and just saying, you know, Chris, well, what the hell happened to my, my wine? And I just tell them straight up, we didn't like it. There were reasons for this. And guess what? I watched those wineries become better wineries after well, that. Exactly. And so that, that's a positive thing. Yeah, exactly. But I still, you know, when we talk about celebrities and winemaking, there's no question that many times the quality does decline. And I'm of the mindset that in this world, with the technology we have, the great grapes that we have, everything is positive and there's no reason to create wine that is substandard. It's actually quite hard to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, we got to take a break for a second here. We're talking to Chris Sawyer, the sommelier to the stars. He's my sommelier too. So I'm glad to have him on. You and uh, we're going to jump back in in just a second. I promise we're going to talk about Pinot with passion when we return with Grape Encounters. time or any animals harmed during the making of today's show. However, countless grapes were crushed and mutilated. Your grape encounter with David Wilson will continue right after these important messages. For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero, located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. Hi, it's David Wilson. And if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. 
Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. And you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. Grape Encounters is delighted to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, the V-Spin Wine Aeration System. The V-Spin uses magnetics to create a vortex in a gorgeous decanter that silently swirls your wine, aerating it to perfection in just a few minutes. It's as effective as it is mesmerizing. Get the V-Spin online at Amazon.com or learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, dot U-S. And now our show continues. Encounters is 100% estate-grown. We have, however, removed the pretentiousness and added a healthy dose of fun. Committed to uncorking a new wine story every day is your host, David Wilson. So the sommelier to the stars is uh, a person that I almost always agree with on just about everything. He's Chris Sawyer. Christopher Sawyer, uh, when he's at one of those hoity-toity parties, but we just call him Chris. But anyway, uh, the one thing that he and I seem to wrangle about a lot is the subject of Pinot Noir. And Christopher, uh, would you say Pinot is among your most preferred grapes? I would. It's uh, it's the hardest one to grow. It's the hardest one to to make into a great wine. It's uh, vulnerable. It's delicate. It's It can be powerful, but you got to be the right kind of person and the great site to make it that way. But boy, when you taste a great Pinot Noir, it's like lights out uh, a genius moment in your life. So I, it's hard to argue that it's one of the best. It's not about tannins and all this kind of like big, bold, over-the-top kind of fruit kind of profile. It's about finesse and it's about power and finesse together if it's done right and about acidity it's about all these kinds of things that we we struggle to talk about because they're so hard to with cabernet and and big time syrahs and zinfandels that are sweet and things like this it's a it's a much more subtle greatness but man when it hits you you're you can't stop uh talking about it now i'll say one thing that uh one of the reasons that you're not on board is, you know, right after the movie Sideways came out, the the population out there in the United States started drinking it. And it was guys that actually started drinking Pinot Noir for the first time. And that's why it went up by 75% in popularity the first year right after Sideways came out because they saw Virginia Madsen um, saying that whole little dialogue inside that kind of box-like lens where she just gave her heart out. So they went out, and next weekend they said, "You know what? Give me, give me a glass of Pinot." 
they had a good Pinot. They said, uh-oh, <laughs> but I might be drinking this stuff for the rest of my life. Stop for a second, okay? You know, first of all, I've always said that the movie Sideways was the very best thing that ever happened to Merlot, not Pinot. Because what happened is, is people became very suspicious of Merlot. The price of Merlot grapes, I think they were, you know, about $5,000 a ton and they went down to about $1,500 a ton. People couldn't sell it. And people were ripping out Merlot and they were going over to the Pinot side. So the result was, in my opinion, that the people who were making great Merlot continued to make great Merlot and the people who were not quite there, um, got their act together, and the people who weren't making great Merlot ripped them out. And that they made a be- they're the best Merlots in the marketplace uh, right now, ever. A- absolutely. Ever, ever. And, and you know what happens? When people come into the wine bar, and, and this happens a lot, people will come in and they'll literally say, um, I'll, I'll try anything but Merlot, you know, when we're pouring a tasting. And the first thing that I do is I sneak a Merlot, into their tasting. And they love it. And they love it. And in fact, they go, wow, what is this? And I go, it's just kind of a special blend. It's just, you know, and it's very reasonable. And, oh, I'd like a bottle of that. And, and uh, then I will just say to them, well, do you want me to put a piece of tape over the word Merlot? Because that's what you're drinking. Uh, but, but the thing is, you got the, the point I want to make, and I, and, and I said it earlier when we first started talking, is that yep. you don't have to love every wine. And, you know, I'm, no. also, I'm also a wine judge. You and I judge at some of the same competitions. And, yep. and I, when I have to judge Pinot, I judge it based on the merits of the wine. And, and there are some delicious Pinots, I, you know, that I enjoy. And I, I don't grimace when I have to judge Pinot Noir. And I know what to look, I know what to look for. It's just that, you know, if I have a choice between, I don't know, a filet mignon and a ribeye, I kind of like the filet mignon maybe, or maybe I like the ribeye. You know, it's, it's a matter of preference. And with so much wine out there, and, and, and you and I both have so much access to wine. I mean, it's like we live in wine heaven. And so I just kind of drink the wines that really blow my mind. And there are many, many, yeah. many of them. And, and I do sit down and drink Pinot as well. But I, but I, I, I get a lot, I catch a lot of garbage from people who say, hey, you know what, how can you not love Pinot? And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. How can you not love well, peanut butter? Well, you know, it, once again, I said it's about finesse. It's about these kinds of things. It's about food is what Pinot's about. It is the same reason that people loved Merlot in the old days is because the tannins are in balance. It is not a big tannic wine. It is more about the flavors and the interesting kind of signatures of the vineyards or the clones. And getting back to the world of Pinot Noir, the the seminar that I did with five winemakers from Sonoma County was called Attack of the Clones. And we got to explore these different clones that people are are okay, I've got to stop you for a second because uh, clones is a foreign word to a lot of people who are listening. Yep, so yep you need, I got need, you. Need to explain. plant material brought over from the old world. So remember, we never had Cabernet here before. We never had Zinfandel. We never had um, Merlot or Chardonnay. These are all cuttings that came from the old world. You hear about some of the Cab um, 
clones or, or Merlot clones if you're really, really up close and personal with the winemakers. But when you get into Pinot Noir, because there are so many different clones of Pinot Noir, you will really get into the clonal discussion. And you'll understand that there are certain ones that came over through the universities, like University of California, Davis, where I went to school, or Oregon State University, where the Dijon clones of Pinot Noir are. And, and they came in through there. And they're interesting because they all have three digits. So it's the 115 or 667, 777, and these kinds of numbers that you hear. Or there's the ones where these cool winemakers that fell in love with Pinot Noir went over to the old world with a pair of um, clipping shears and an extra little suitcase where they actually were taking pictures, supposedly, of this vineyard. They were actually clipping a little... Uh, branches, oh yeah, and they stuck them in their bags, and this is when you could actually get plant material in, just put it in your suitcase, no one cares. Today, <laughs> good luck checking that one through, um, you know. I've, I've heard, stories, I've heard stories of people sneaking clippings in, uh, in their underwear. Well, you know, the classic one that we talked about is what we call the faux 828 clone, and it came in through uh Pine Ridge, the great winemaker from Pine Ridge, Napa Valley, who also had a great winery up in uh, Oregon, which is Archery Summit. And he, the story is that he went and he was taking these pictures. He had his London fog jacket on. If you know a good London fog jacket is, um, it's a rain jacket, but you can also put the, the inside kind of interior and unzip it out. And he stuffed the whole jacket with these pennies. <laughs> and so it's a great story, but it is the faux one. And I'll tell you why it's the faux one, because the real 828 came through the university in Dijon, whereas this one came in through his jacket. And we feel that it is still part gamay. Um, a, a variation of the Gamay grape. Um, and the reason it's so distinctive is it we call it the erect grape, and so or the erect clone. And because it, it doesn't, the cluster does not hang down, it goes out at you. Wow. So it's kind of erect. It grows kind of straight out at you versus dropping. So it's a very strange-looking thing. We could come up with a better name than that, I suppose. Yeah. Well, the, the, the erect clone is interesting. Yeah. All right, hang on for a second. We're going to take a quickie break. We're talking to Christopher Sawyer, sommelier to the stars, very dear friend, one of the most knowledgeable people that you will ever meet if you ever see him uh, listed as uh, uh, somebody presenting at an event. Definitely, you want to go. He's just really super talented and really, really fun to listen to and um and just walk up and say hi he's a friendly friendly guy we'll be back with more crepe encounters right after this people sometimes say it's the wine talking well everyone knows that wine can't talk that's why a bunch of graves got together and hired David Wilson to do the talking for them. <laughs> David will uncork today's story after this.
For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero. Located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. I want to tell you about one of my absolute favorite treats in the world. I take a piece of triple cream brie cheese, put a few very special 100% organic heirloom walnuts on top, and then drizzle a little honey on it to make this a purely irresistible morsel of deliciousness. Then, I pour myself a small serving of decadent port-style wine to create the perfect complement. That's just one example of how I pamper myself with products from MM Organics in Paso Robles, California. Now, you're on your own with the honey and brie, but the walnuts and port-style dessert wine can be ordered online at mmorganics.com. They've also got lots of other delicious walnut products available, including their peerless sprouted walnuts in lots of decadent flavors, organic gluten-free walnut flour, raw organic walnut butter, estate organic walnut oil, and fair trade dark chocolate covered walnuts. MM Organics products are among the best in the world. Get yours shipped right away at mmorganics.com. He's setting down the wine glass and picking up the microphone. Here's your Grape Encounters host, David Wilson. So the first time that I met Christopher Sawyer, sommelier to the stars, it was a phone interview just like this one. And I was doing a piece on pairing the major Academy Award nominees with wine. Because we were trying to do was pick wines that reflected the personality of the movies or the personality of the people who were nominated for best actor, best actress, and so on. And I had learned that Christopher Sawyer, sommelier of the stars, had been doing that for a long time. So so that's where we met, and that was a, that was a lot of fun, Chris. Yeah, I, I would have to say so. Um, <laughs> everything changes, you know. These these movies come out, they change, and there's great wine trends, and they change, and you know who's making them, or who's making that movie, or who are the players, or what vineyard did it come from? They're not that inseparable from the movies, and and especially the award winning movies. It's very similar to the ways that we judge wines, and and we. We do it blind and they come out and we go, gosh, that's, that's not surprising that that one or, or sometimes we are surprised that these wines that we pick out blind win. So, you know, I think the Oscars is actually a, a decent comparison to all the things that we do with wine as well. Here's the uh, $100,000 question. We didn't get a chance yep. to do our shtick this year because you were at the World of Pinot. So let's just kind of cut it short. And I haven't really given this any thought at all. The movie that won was the and I saw all but one of the movies and the movie that won I thought deserved to win it was my choice hands down that's the shape of water 
a really strange film, but really, really, really wonderfully done. Just, you know, you, if somebody had told me what the movie was going to be about, I'd go, you're not really going to make a movie about that. It'll never work. But boy, did it work. So, uh, first of all, was it your pick? Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was the best movie. I mean, it's definitely got the most dimensions to it. There's a lot of characters that are important in there. It's a pretty movie. It makes your brain really work trying to conceptualize what will happen next and you're probably going to be wrong but you know that's why it's a great movie is it keeps your you alive and, and well at all times and, and on your feet like wow it's interesting what just happened so you know if I was to pick a, a style of wine I would definitely put you know this would be the, the classic Rhone blend at this point exactly um, exactly the, that's what I was going to say exactly Grenache based though Grenache based because of the you know there's a sexy interesting layer to this movie and it's got to be softer than power but there's got to be power in there too so you got to have the, the Syrah and the, the Mavedra in there as well and then maybe even some Cinto or something like that if you can fit it in there I mean it seems like a very very good movie to pair with you know a number of the, the great blends from down in your area especially like Tablas Creek like Esprit things like that that are you know consistently wonderful and, and make you think you know they're wines that continue to develop in the glass and that movie was one that was complex you know that's why great movies win it's because of their complexity and i was thinking about the the juxtaposition of you know the grenache which i would hope in this particular blend that we're talking about that it's a, a soft and quiet grenache you know more in keeping with the female character you know, who's mute and a very gent right. and a very gentle soul. And I love that kind of Grenache that is gentle and soft and whispers in your, doesn't whisper in your ear, but it, you know, it's got that sort of whispery quality to it. And then the Syrah being oftentimes a giant wine really, really fits with the character of the, I don't want to call him a monster because he's not a monster. He's just, uh, just a, a cross between a squid and a human being. That's all. Anyway, brilliantly done character that was. And uh, you know, it was just the yeah. right look. It just made the whole thing work. Anyway, yeah, yeah th that's exactly what I would have chosen. And I will also add, that is exactly what I drank when I watched the movie. That's brilliant. Well, I mean, closer to the ocean you get, I mean, especially with the finesse, like I would choose, you know, Tablas Creek, the spree, is it's closer to the ocean than a lot of the, the vineyards there in Paso Robles. The, the Haas family was very smart in doing that. There are legends in America. Anyone that drinks the Rhone varieties from America knows what, who Tablas Creek is and the wines that are made there. Neil Collins, the winemaker, is a very good friend of mine. The guy still puts it out. I mean, his cider is yeah. pretty darn good, too. But, yeah. you know, and, and he's based right near you. But the fact is that they're, they're always complex wines and always interesting. I always want to taste them. On that subject, there's an event coming up in April. And it's, yep. it's an event that, for one reason or another, I've not been able to attend. And I'm, I'm definitely, and I I'm de no, I'm want definitely you to going to this one. I'm definitely going, and it's called Hospice de Rhone. And That's correct. And, and and people come from literally all over the world to this event. This is not like a regional event or a local event here on the central coast of California. This is a major international event, would you say? It's one of the greatest events I go to every other year. It used to be every year. Now they do it every other year. So this is your opportunity. If, if you are interested in tasting the greatest Rhone-style wines, and when I 
I say the Rhone style, this is the area in France, below Burgundy, but before you get to Marseille and some of those, you know, the French Riviera. But it is in a very rocky, interesting area. I mean, all I can say is Avignon and these areas that are, that are there, they're very rocky. And these grapes have to work really hard, or the, the vines do, because it's so rocky there. And when you taste these amazing wines from there, they've been the inspiration for people all around the planet. You have great producers from South Africa and Australia and, and Spain and even a little bit of Italy, but California, Washington, Lower um, Oregon, also uh, Virginia, places like that that are just obsessed with these styles of wine. Suffice to say, this is an event that if you're a wine lover, buy a plane ticket, come out here. Seriously. Yeah. Um, it'll be worth it. Chris, I really appreciate you being on. Christopher Sawyer, if people want to know more about what you're doing, where do they go? Sawyersom.com. And that's a psalm with two M's, right? Correct. Sawyersom.com. That's it. And for those of you who want to know more about what I'm doing, and we've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of really good products, by the way, that you ought to look at. And I want to turn this into an infomercial, but you just go to grapeencounters.com. Grapeencounters.com. That will get you there. And all, all of our previous shows are there. You can actually search for some of the shows that I've done with Chris. Just put in uh, Sawyer and you'll find him via our search engine. Chris, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking you the time. It. It was just a, this was just every topic under the sun today, but we got to get, we'll get together really soon and maybe we can do a show on Hospice de Rhone before it actually happens. So that will do it for Grape Encounters today. We will be back here next week and you know what? Only drink the good stuff because life is too short for the bad stuff and there's too much good stuff out there anyway. We'll see you again. You never know what part of the country or the world the Grape Encounters microphones will take you to. Don't miss a single experience. Your Grape Encounter isn't over. We're just taking a breather until next week's edition.